In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Bless us, O Lord, in these thy gifts which we are about to receive from thy bounty through Christ our Lord. Amen. And may the souls of the faithful departed, the mercy of God, rest in peace. Amen. And God bless Aunt Rita and Uncle Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com, and you're listening to episode 79 of the Catholic Foodie, Into the Kitchen. That's right, folks. We are going into the kitchen tonight. I can't believe it. It's awesome. You know, we haven't done this in ages. In ages, really. I can't. I look back at the episodes. I can't believe how long it's been. But we are going to invite you into our kitchen tonight. Isn't that exciting? And yes, I'm saying tonight because, well, it's night over here. (laughs) Anyway, we have tons of feedback, tons of feedback to go through tonight. I'm very excited about that. Uh, We also have Mary in the Kitchen with Sarah Reinhardt, and we're going to talk about Spain. So stay tuned right here, the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. Also, folks, if there's uh, some uh, juggling, I guess, modification of the sound here on the show, I apologize for that. I'm still trying to get used to the new microphone and trying to get all the settings straight. So if there's some, uh, well, if there's some differences here and there, I apologize in advance. And I thank you for, uh, for being merciful. Well, you know, we have lots of feedback, so let's jump into feedback before anything else. I'd like the chef salad, please, with the oil and vinegar on the side and the apple pie a la mode. Chef and apple a la mode. But I'd like the pie heated, and I don't want the ice cream on top. I want it on the side, and I'd like strawberry instead of vanilla if you have it. If not, then no ice cream, just whipped cream, but only if it's real. If it's out of a can, then nothing. Not even the pie? No, just the pie, but then not heated. Uh Uh-huh. I'll have what she's having. We have lots of feedback, folks, and let's let's jump right on in here. We got uh, several emails. We also have voicemail, but I'm going to wait to share that with you in just a few minutes. But first, the emails that we got. You know, we do have a page on Facebook. It's the Catholic Foodie page on Facebook. If you aren't, uh, well, they don't call them fans anymore, and you can't really friend a page, uh, you can like it. <laughs> so if you like the Catholic Foodie page on Facebook, then go ahead and like it. And, uh, you know, we have lots of discussion going on over there, and uh, we have lots of um, lots of good folks that uh, comment on uh, various posts on the shows here that we talk about, the, the podcast, but also on the various posts that I share during the week. And uh, there's often I'll post pictures if we're out somewhere and we have you know, some good food or good things going on. I'll take a photo with my iPhone and go ahead and post it there at Facebook on the Catholic Foodie page. So if you are not yet part of that group, part of that community, uh, the people who like the Catholic Foodie, go over there to Facebook. Just search for the Catholic Foodie. Now, there is a group there, but there's also the fan page. What you're looking for is the fan page because the group doesn't really... I don't really do anything with that anymore. That died a long time ago. It's still there. I can't. Uh, I don't know how to get that off of Facebook, but uh, you can join the uh, the fan page. Anyway, good stuff going on over there. I want to thank also uh, Patty Day. You know, uh, in ad- in addition to CatholicFoodie.com and the Facebook page, you can also find us over at CatholicFoodie.sqpn.com. So there is a Catholic Foodie page on SQPN which is really, really cool. Uh, And Patty Day made a comment over there. I love what she had to say, so I did respond to it, by the way, on that page over at sqpn.com, but I'm going to read to you what she said. It's really cool. She said, uh, Hey, Jeff, I spent the 4th of July uh, with an ice pack on my back because I pulled a back muscle lugging the hose all over the garden on Saturday. That's a terrible thing, by the way. Uh, We're having quite a drought here in central Virginia. If I were drinking on the 4th, um, I would have made this drink, which I'm calling Lazy Girl's Pink Lavender Cocktail. 
<laughs> that is a creative name. I like that. Lazy Girls Pink Lavender Cocktail. Uh, mix crystal light pink lemonade mix with 56 ounces of cold water. Add one cup of lavender essence, which we'll talk about in just a minute. Lavender essence. Does that sound interesting? That sounds pretty good to me. And then add uh, half a cup of chilled vodka. It makes 72 ounces. Chill the whole thing for a couple of hours. Anyway, the lavender essence, this is how you do it. Uh, you take two tablespoons of fresh or dried lavender flowers steeped in one cup of boiling water. Let it sit covered with plastic wrap until room temperature. Strain the essence and discard the lavender flowers. Add the essence to the lemonade. Ooh, that sounds good. That sounds awesome. Serve in a chilled martini glass with a sprig of fresh lavender as a stir. Very nice. If lavender is not in season, use lemon slice as a garnish. This makes a very pretty and very sophisticated drink. You can both smell and taste the lavender, but it's subtle. Patty, that is Awesome. That is so cool. I love that. And by the way, Patty, I want to say thank you. You probably know what I'm talking about, uh, but I'm not going to say anything here. But thank you so much. And golly, this is just a great drink. I wish I would have had that on the 4th, but I didn't. I didn't. I know this is something that Char would like. She loves things like that. I mean, like a, a tea with lavender uh, or a tea with pretty much anything. She loves tea. Uh, so to, to take that and make it into a cocktail... I love it, and I think that she would love it, too. So what else we have? You know, uh, on CatholicFoodie.com, I did uh, put a post up just the other day, about a week ago, uh, about Yelp. You know, Yelp.com, if you have, uh, if you know anything about Yelp, it's, it's kind of like a social networking site, but it's for people who go out and about. They're all over the place, and they, they can check in at different places wherever they are, and they can review places. So you go to a restaurant, you go to some other kind of uh, business establishment, you can review these places. Give them, you know, stars, five stars, four stars, three stars, whatever it may be. And you can also write a review of this place, which is pretty cool. Matter of fact, last episode, episode 78, I talked to you about this, um, this uh, business owner, restaurant owner in California who called her let me see. How did she? She ended up calling her patrons uh, illiterate nincompoops. If you haven't listened to episode seventy-eight, <laughs> I recommend you go back and listen to it. That was, uh, ooh, that got me kind of hot there. You know, I, I mean, I can't imagine owning a business and calling my patrons illiterate nincompoops. But you go back and listen to seventy-eight. Um, anyway, it was about Yelp and social networking, and. I had several people who made comments either at CatholicFoodie.com or over on the Facebook page for uh, Catholic Foodie. And uh, Mike, I want to thank Mike for his comment. I, I'm not going to repeat all these comments here on the show, but I do want to point them out and say, hey, go over to CatholicFoodie.com, look up episode 78, and, and check. Uh, actually, this was not for episode 78. This was on the uh, on Yelp. Okay, this was the Yelp post. Let me pull this up real quick and tell you the exact URL. Hold on one second. We got here we go. It's uh, let's see. The post is CatholicFoodie.com forward slash is Yelp hurting restaurants. And in between each of those words, you put a dash. So is dash Yelp dash hurting dash restaurants. CatholicFoodie.com forward slash is Yelp hurting restaurants. That's the post, and Mike put a comment over there, uh, which I very much appreciate. He had he had a lot of uh, insight on that question. I'm very, very thankful uh, to Mike for making that comment. I responded over on the website. You can check it out yourself at catholicfoodie.com. Uh, also, Kate, Kate Daniluk from makingmusicprayingtwice.com. You can check her out at makingmusicprayingtwice.com. Uh, Kate made a comment on episode 78. <laughs> if you know, I, uh, I, I talked about and we had a little sound scene tour of the breakfast or brunch or dinner or whatever you call it that I had with my good friend Adolfo. 
um, at a Mexican restaurant, a very small breakfast-type Mexican restaurant there in New Orleans. And uh, you know, we, had, we had tamales, like real tamales, really good tamales. And uh, she made a comment saying that, uh, you know, after that post and the picture I put there on the, on the website, that she was craving tamales. So, Kate, I'm sorry, I think. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I hope you got your tamales. That would be really cool. I want to thank a good friend of mine, Joe Mariano. Joe is a wonderful man of God. I love Joe. Joe is so cool. And he sent me an email. And this is really awesome. Of course, you know me and the Greek fest and the fact that Char is Lebanese. He sent me an article that talked about the benefits of the Mediterranean diet. Wow. Now, you talk about good, right? That is awesome. And the subtitle for this article is... A delicious Mediterranean eating plan that can help protect against heart disease, diabetes, cancer, and even help with weight loss. Uh, so very cool. Uh, what I'll do is I'll put a link to this article in the show notes for episode 79. You'll be able to check it out at catholicfoodie.com. Let's see. We also had, oh, Father Robert. Father Robert uh, left a comment here on the episode about the Camino, the Camino de Santiago de Compostela, if you remember that a few episodes back. This was episode 76, and what he had to say, he says, Jeff, I heard or I managed to listen to uh, this episode and was blown away too. I never knew that there was a way of St. James. I wish I could also afford to make it after seeing the trailer of the movie, The Way. I posted the link immediately on my Facebook inviting World Youth Day 2011 pilgrims uh, to think of doing this, which is so cool. God, Lena, it's awesome. Thanks for highlighting something wonderful like this besides the other wonderful things you share. God bless. Well, thank you so much, Father, Ro uh, Father Robert. I really appreciate your comment, and I did respond to you on CatholicFoodie.com. Uh, but, you know, I, I agree 100%. I mean, I, I think World Youth Day 2011 in Madrid, Spain, is an incredible opportunity because there's not only World Youth Day, which in and of itself is phenomenal, right? The, 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 the opportunity is incredible. But if you're going to be in Spain anyway, why not go to the third most visited, frequented, however you want to say it, um, pilgrimage spot in the world. You know, the number one place for pilgrimages is uh, the Holy Land. Holy Land is number one. People from all over the world go to the Holy Land. It's been like that throughout the centuries. It is number one. Number two, by the way, is Rome. People want to go to Rome, see St. Peter, see the, the seat of Catholicism, and all that is there in Rome to see. And of course, I'm sure somehow or another they work in there, you know, like eating good food, maybe drinking some good wine. <laughs> I'm sure that's part of the plan. But it, it's, it's the second largest or the second biggest pilgrimage site in the world. The third, and this what is what is so awesome, the third is Santiago de Compostela, making the way of St. James. El Camino de Santiago de Compostela. I think that is awesome. So cool that Compostela is right there in the northwestern part of Spain, and World Youth Day is in Madrid, which is basically the center of Spain. I mean, you know how easy it would be, since people are already right there, to go to Santiago? It'd be incredible. What a wonderful opportunity. Now, you may not be able to make the whole Camino, because, I mean, the Camino is like five weeks long. I mean, it's 500 miles from what is, I guess, the foot of the Pyrenees, all the way to the Cathedral Church of Santiago de Compostela, St. James, in the northwestern part of Spain, in Galicia. Amazing. And yeah, I'm going to talk more about Spain in just a bit, but I'm telling you, at our house, we've got lots of Spanish discussion going on, and uh, you'll hear more about that in just a bit. But, Father Robert, I am, I'm 100% behind you. I know, I, I agree and I, I would love to do whatever I can to help support and sponsor World Youth Day 2011 pilgrims 
to go to Santiago de Compostela. I think it'd be fantastic. Awesome. Thank you very much for the comment. Now, I also have to mention the fact that, you know, <laughs> last episode, I talked about the BA Bowl. I don't know if you listened to that, but the BA Bowl, I said, do not comment on the website. Don't comment on CatholicFoodie.com. And <laughs> please don't call in any, any uh, voice fee- uh, feedback. But, uh, you know, in our house, we have a BA Bowl. It's porcelain. BA Bowl we got for our wedding as a gift. Uh, but I, I was wondering if any of you would know, what does the BA stand for? So I want to thank, right now, I want to thank uh, Tim for guessing the correct <laughs> the correct meaning of the BA Bowl. So Tim Santo, congratulations, you, uh, you won. Uh, well, I, I don't know what you won. <laughs> I don't have anything really to give away. Uh, I, I've given away or almost given away all of my... Um, Divine Office uh, iPhone app codes, which I'll tell you about in just a minute. But, you know, you just, I don't know, you just won, like, being right. (laughs) You got it right. The BA Bowl. If you want to know, by the way, if you want to know what the BA Bowl stands for, I guess what I'll do is post it over on CatholicFoodie.com for the, I'll make it a comment for episode 78. So you can go and and read up on our uh, famous or maybe infamous <laughs> BA Bowl. Uh, let's see. I've got a uh, promo to play for you in just a minute. And I've got, you know what? This is the first time this has ever happened. We The Catholic Foodie has been around for a year and a half. Roughly a year, almost two years, actually. Almost two years. I mean, two years in November. Which is, golly, I can't believe the time has flown by. It's unbelievable. But I had, <laughs> this is the first time I've gotten an email from someone who called me Father Leo instead of calling me Jeff, the Catholic foodie. <laughs> and if you if you know Father Leo, Father Leo Patalinghug, uh, I think I got that right, uh, from Grace Before Meals. You can find him at gracebeforemeals.com. Father Leo is awesome. He's got a fantastic mem- uh, ministry, and I highly recommend his website and his podcast. He has a video podcast the uh, Grace Before Meals podcast. Anyway, I received some feedback from ne- uh, Neil. And Neil, I thank you very much. I'm honored, actually, to be confused with Father Leo. <laughs> I mean, Father Leo is the guy who challenged uh, Bobby Flay to a throwdown. Or actually, I should say Bobby Flay challenged Father Leo to a throwdown, which was awesome, very, very cool. And guess who won? I'll give you one guess. <laughs> <laughs> it torrent Bobby Flay, okay? I'm telling you that right now. Father Leo smacked down on Bobby Flay. That was just uh, several months ago, beginning of this year, I think in February. Food Network, uh, throw down with Bobby Flay. Father Leo kicked his hiney. Very cool. Anyway, to be confused with Father Leo, I am honored. So, Neil, thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it. And uh, I pray for you, and I will respond to you via email. And finally, I want to thank uh, Kate for her comment on the uh, the, the post on uh, is Yelp hurting your or hurting restaurants. Uh, she made a, a very nice uh, comment. She's a business owner, making music, praying twice.com. And so she had some interesting uh, insights to this as a business owner, not not a restaurant, but still a business and you know, you got to pay attention to what people say about you online, and she is very much aware of that, and she monitors it herself. And uh, so she takes it from that perspective. Very, very good insight. So thank you very much, Kate. And we also have some voice feedback from Kate, and let me go ahead and play that for you right now. Hi, Jeff. It's Kate Danila calling from Mickey Music Praying Twice up here in New Jersey. And I'm just calling to ask your listeners if they can all think of their greatest and most exciting food and kitchen quotes and sayings and hopefully some Bible verses because I'm looking for three uh, great short either Bible verses or quotes or sayings that I can include in the decor of our kitchen, which is being painted by my husband as we speak. So um, let, let's uh, hear from all of your listeners and the my three favorite I'll be putting up and maybe we could even uh, send a little CD or something to somebody who uh, comes up with the 
most exciting quote. So anyway, that's it. Have a great day, and God bless your work. Bye-bye now. Awesome, Kate. Thank you so much. That is fantastic. And by the way, when she says a CD, I mean, she, yeah, I already mentioned her website a few times. It's makingmusicprayingtwice.com. Uh, she's got a ministry, and it's all about music, music in the family, music with children. Fantastic stuff. So you have the opportunity uh, from Kate now to win a CD uh, for a fantastic foodie quote. <laughs> I'm excited about this. Look, I already put up a few over at uh, the Facebook page, the Catholic Foodie Facebook page. Let me share with you a couple of the ones that I've put up already. I've got to pull them up first, of course. Uh, let's see. Here are a few that I uh, put up over already at uh, the, on the Catholic Foodie Facebook page. It's, I'm an angel with an incredible capacity for beer. Now, of course, this may not be something you want to put. Uh, not all of these are something you want to put in your pantry necessarily, or especially if you're painting your children's room. Uh, but they're, they're still foodie quotes that I really like. Um, so I'm an angel with an incredible capacity for beer. That's Brennan Manning who says that. Um, it is also a gift of God whenever anyone eats, drinks, and enjoys all his efforts. That's from Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 13. Wherever the Catholic sun doth shine, there's always laughter and good red wine. At least I've always found it so. Benedicimos Domino. That is Hilaire, or I guess it could be pronounced French, Belloc. I guess it could be Hillary, Hillary Belloc. Hilaire is probably my own mispronunciation. But anyway, Belloc said that. Uh, Behold, I stand at the gate and knock. If any man shall hear my voice and open to me the door, I will come to him and sup with him and he with me. That's in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Very, very cool quote. I love that quote, by the way. And let's see, I've got a couple of more I put up here. Yeah, let's see. Beer is living proof that God loves us and wants us to be happy. <laughs> That's Benjamin Franklin, which theologically I have a few issues with Ben Frank. But this quote rocks the house. Um, let's see. Bad men live that they may eat and drink, whereas good men eat and drink that they may live. That is... My old friend Socrates, I love Socrates, very cool guy, read uh, lots of uh, stories about him from Plato. Plato did a lot of uh, writing about Socrates. Here's another one. Uh, Give beer to those who are perishing, wine to those who are in anguish. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. That's Proverbs 31. Verses 6 and 7. And then finally, this is one that I would probably paint in my own pantry. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. And I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. That's from Matthew 25, 35, which is great. And that's one that Mother Teresa of Calcutta used to recite a lot. Uh, Matthew 25, when Jesus, talking about the last judgment, when Jesus is basically saying, did you take care of me? And he's he's saying essentially that um, you know if whatever you do to the least of my brethren you do to me. So whatever we do to those around us, whatever we do to those people who are in our lives, those we come in contact with, we do to Jesus Himself, which is pretty pretty awesome and pretty scary at the same time. So that would be the quote that I would put in my pantry. Of course, I like the beer ones too. So uh, thank you so much, Kate, for your question and for your contest, your challenge. I love it. I can't wait to hear what our listeners come up with as far as awesome foodie quotes. And now I think it's time for some Mary in the Kitchen. Hi, I'm Junie. And I'm Ray. And And this this is Mary in the the Kitchen with Sarah (laughs) Reinhardt. A few weekends ago, one of my sisters-in-law moved into a house that had some pans still left in the kitchen. My mother-in-law, 
never one to leave something potentially useful to be thrown away, packed them up and brought them to my house. Now, I live in an old farmhouse, and I've been known to have A, an interest in old things, and B, a need for pans. One of the keepers I found in the three black garbage bags of period pans was a pressure cooker. When I looked it up online, I found it was from 1946. Now, I'm not sure if this 1946 pressure cooker is going to work, and if I'm honest, I'm not even sure what to cook in it. But I've wanted one for a few years. I just have this sense that it's a kitchen essential. Having one that's dated 1946 adds to the beauty of my kitchen as far as I'm concerned. My house was built at the turn of the 20th century and the original part of it is over 100 years old. It has two additions and the kitchen is in the newest part of the house. Just like my kitchen, this pan is an add-on. Unlike houses I see popping up in the fields and developments all around me, it's made differently than things are now. It might even have been handcrafted. Often, my old farmhouse forces me to step back from the fast track of life, from the many distractions in my life, and find silence. Standing in my kitchen, with my hands immersed in soapy water after dinner, watching the sun set over our back field, I can't help but wonder if Mary had a view like mine. And then I think about what life must have been like for her. Did she wish for a bigger home, for better connectivity, for more convenience? I suspect, instead, that she offered it to God. Maybe she was frustrated with the endless fix-it-up projects her house posed for her, but I'll bet that instead of complaining, she laughed. She wouldn't have laughed at Joseph, of course, but at the honor of raising God's son in such a humble place. He got dirty just like my kids do. He probably stepped on a wasp, tore his socks on a nail, and even tripped over an uneven board. I find Mary so often in my kitchen. I greet her there when I sit down in the morning at my scarred kitchen table, a remnant of my husband's boisterous family. I smile her way when I'm standing at that table mating socks and folding towels, when I'm hunched over a cookbook trying to figure out what exactly sautéing involves, when I'm sharing tea with a friend. In my old house, Eyesore to some and quaintly old-fashioned to others, I feel Mary's gentle presence beside me. She's all around me, holding my hand. She reminds me that my house, just like this new 1946 pressure cooker pan, with all of its charm and failings, is not that important in the end. It's just a structure. She challenges me to use it as a road sign to fix up my inner life and grow closer to her son. Through the example of her ongoing yes, Mary nudges me to the grace to see past the peeling plaster to the possibility beyond and the family that makes it a haven of memories. Sarah, thank you so much for that Mary in the Kitchen. Very inspiring. And you know what? I'm I'm kind of jealous, <laughs> just a little bit. True love, you heard him? You could not ask for a more noble cause than that. Sonny, true love is the greatest thing in the world. Except for nice MLT, mutton, lettuce, and tomato sandwich when the mutton is nice and lean and the tomatoes ripe. They're so perky. I love that. I should have mentioned, folks, that you can find more of Sarah Reinhardt over at snoringscholar.com. And, of course, we want to thank Langelus for the wonderful uh, music that we get to use in that segment. And you can find them over at CajunRecords.com. 
And now for something that <laughs> it's been a long time, folks. I, I I'm excited about this. You know, we were uh, we we're driving around. I think we we're going to the gym the other day, and Char says, you know. With the Catholic foodie, I think we've kind of lost something. You know, a long time ago, we, we used to do, we used to like take the portable recorder around. We would record like in restaurants, in our kitchen, in different places. She goes, that was like alive and real. It was just awesome. It's not just us sitting somewhere and recording, like, you know, sitting in our studio, which is really our bedroom, and recording something. It's like alive and real and out there in the world. And I love doing that. Let's do some more. And I think she's 100% right. I think it's wonderful, and I love the idea, and I, I, I totally expect to do more recordings out there in the world, sound scene tours of a sort where I can bring you along with the H2, the Zoom H2 recorder that I have. And that's what we decided to do last night. So I do have a clip here that I'd like to play for you. You are being invited, cordially invited, into our kitchen. Well, this is a first in a long time, huh, honey? We're going to yes. be in the kitchen, actually, our kitchen, and we're inviting all these wonderful folks to come in the kitchen with us. How about that? It's my idea. It was your idea. Matter of fact, I guess tonight we should be saying bienvenidos uh, yeah. a nuestra cocina. Welcome to our kitchen. Uh -huh. Right? Because we got a little Spanish thing going on here, do we yeah. not? All right, uh, we do have a Spanish thing. Why do we have a Spanish thing going on? We got actually Gypsy Kings playing in the background. So I hope we don't get sued, you know, copyright stuff. Hey, but we're just in our kitchen and we're listening to the music and, you know, that's just how it goes. So I'm going to pour some wine now. Okay. And believe it or not, going along with the theme, this wine is actually from Spain. Spain. Yeah. Right, 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 Spain. Uh, Burgany, uh, Burganos, Burganas, I, I, I don't, that's kind of weird, the writing's weird, oh, 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 Burgans, Burgans, Albariño, Burgans, gets his name from the Burgans Hills, in the heart of the Salinas Valley in northwest Spain. The unique soil and the Atlantic climate allows the mythical Albariño grape to reach its fullest expression. Pretty cool, huh? Well, it's just interesting that um, Spain is on the radar, you know? Yeah, we need to talk about why Spain is on the radar. I think that'd be a very interesting topic of conversation as we, um, well, we got some salmon in the oven, right? A little salmon in the oven and, uh, making some basil pesto we gotta talk about the pesto and we're gonna have this wine and we bought some cheese and the cheese is actually uh maybe a spanish spanish goat's milk, <laughs> goat's cheese. milk cheese so anyway the interesting thing about this wine is um in food and wine last month and in bon appetit this month they both featured Spanish wines. Mm -hmm. And this particular region, which I can't pronounce. Um, Albariño? Yeah, the Albariños. Um, oh. Well, what is this? Raiz Bite. Uh, goodness gracious, I don't even know if I can pronounce that. Because I can't remember how. Equis Baicas? Baicas? Raiz Baicas? Anyway, the region. That's right. Yeah, the region that. Um, you know where the grapes come from or is actually the apparently from what I read is a region that um, you're more likely to have a white wine a white mm -hmm. grape mm -hmm. so here we go let's taste it All right. um, I'm typically a more a much more red wine a red wine drinker Absolutely. and I okay I'll, I'll save say, my comments uh, for later salute okay salute Ah, very nice, huh? Light, very light, kind of summery. Like mm -hmm. Summery, very different. It's not your Chardonnay. You know what I mean? I shouldn't say your Chardonnay because you don't like it. I don't either. I grew up on Chardonnay. I grew up <laughs> from a young, I've been drinking from a young was baby. I was uh, drinking Chardonnay. <laughs> actually, no. you probably were. But anyway. No, actually, it was red wine the first time I oh. <laughs> <laughs> imbibed at 18 months. And 
Um, but the. No. Wait, we're we're joined <laughs> by Christopher here, who's trying to sneak food before we actually eat. Hey, Christopher. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, you can have that and don't touch anything else. No, let him taste the cheese, baby. Okay. All right. Mama's in charge. Mama's in charge of the food. That's one thing that I say all the time. Mama is in charge of the food. All right. Our timer, maybe the salmon may be done. Yeah, uh, while Char is checking on the salmon, I'll tell you about the. Um, we're kind of all over tonight here, by the way. We're kind of all over. We have no idea where to put the salmon. Oh, I get the sound of the salmon here coming out of the uh, oven. Olive oil. What? Well, olive oil, a little salt. Salmon's very simple, by the way. Well, Olive oil and salt, and you have that natural fat in the salmon that comes to the top. It's ugh, unbelievable. So uh, let's see. I was gonna just talk about the basil pens. Oh no, no, we no, gotta finish. We're gonna finish. Okay, 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 we'll stick okay. with one topic. Go ahead, so, talk about the wine. Well, first of all, Christopher, you love that cheese. Oh yes, it's awesome, huh? Mm -hmm. Not only that, but we might move to Spain. <laughs> That's uh, why this is the thing. Right, we're kind of getting to that. And. and We'll get to the whole Spain thing, huh? In, in, yeah, you in a little bit. About that later. Yeah. Right now so food. the wine. Okay. Go ahead. I feel like I'm. We interrupt We're you. really off, uh, just bouncing everywhere. Well, that's okay. Okay. That's okay. The um. I'm gonna take another sip just so I can remember what I was gonna say. It's almost crisp to me. Um. No, I really like it. I yeah. I, I, for the longest time at my house, it was always Chardonnay, 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 and um, I just went along with it, you know. Um, you didn't have a choice; they bought it. I know. So, <laughs> but then I got to a point where I'm like, you know what? I'm just so over Chardonnay. I don't even like it at mm -hmm. all, like yeah, I ever. I find it so heavy. I don't like it. Um. That I can't even drink a Chardonnay. To me, it almost tastes bitter. I can't stand it. Yeah. So I um, much prefer, if I'm going to drink a white, I think, like everyone else, Pinot Grigio Pinot is kind of like the, right. you know, became like, the you know, just a more popular white. Mm -hmm. um, Which is what your mama likes now. Now my mama's on that. She's like the Pinot Grigio. Um, but, you know, like a Sauvignon Blanc is lovely as well. Very light. But this, and so anyway, this is just another, I think, choice when mm -hmm. you, you know, go opting for a white, the Spanish white. So this is Burgans. No, this Burgans is, yeah, th that's the, yeah. is the, is the label. It's an Albarino. So the and we'll put a, we'll put a link in the show notes for this particular label of, uh, of wine. Very good. So again, it's a, it comes from a region that this Albarino grape. Um, in the northwest and it's you know is, it's off the Atlantic mm -hmm. so the climate's a little different and I don't know specifically the region but I know that up in the northwest I mean we've been talking about Santiago de Compostela a lot the last few episodes you know we had Sandy on and uh, you know Santiago de Compostela is actually in Galicia as you would say in Spain itself or Galicia in Mexico you'd say 
um, which is the northwest point of Spain. So this is a Galicia. Yeah. This is a Galicia. Yeah. I guess yeah. as well. And interestingly enough, what I learned, what I learned when I was, uh, you know, I studied a lot of um, uh, medieval literature, the golden age of Spanish literature. I studied when I was in college, and because I loved, well, first of all, I loved literature, but I loved Spanish. I was majoring in Spanish and theology and philosophy. Anyway. <laughs> Um, one of the things I learned is that in Galicia, you actually have, it's, it's kind of normal to have like blonde hair, blue eyed folk, you know? I mean, typically you don't think of Spanish people as being kind of blonde haired, blue eyed. Matter of fact, there's a certain area in Mexico where it, it's typical, normal. You don't think of this either as being normal, but there's a, an area in Mexico where the, the people there are typically blonde hair, blue eyed, very light complected blue-eyed folk you know very interesting well i mean when i lived in italy the uh, that was one thing i learned very quickly is how each region of the country really has its own identity yet yeah, the people were much more fair than we think of um italians in america's dark mm -hmm. you know um, dark-skinned robust yeah and they were just very um fair-complected um, and slight figure and you know so it was just different yeah. than um, but um, anyway Spain is very similar as each region identifies with um, you know its own I'm sure its own dialect I don't I don't know I mean in Italy it's very pronounced each dialect you right, know? Right. Um, but their own food their own what their own culture? Culture, yeah. yeah. Just like Music here. I mean, everything. why yeah. should we be shocked? I guess growing up is just kind of an immature thought. Well, the reason why we're, we're, we're shocked is because in America, unfortunately, everything is kind of homogenized. I mean, we Except have... Except for Louisiana. Well, we have Louisiana, South Louisiana, and I'm not saying this, folks, just because I'm, like, you know, proud, although I am, uh, of Louisiana, but South Louisiana, New Orleans, Baton Rouge, we these have an areas, indigenous food. there is an indigenous, absolutely, an indigenous there's an indigenous culture, culture that's, that's still here. I mean, we have parishes, we don't have counties in Louisiana, you know, we have parishes, we have to just, it, it's so much, in, it's, it's ingrained but as in far us, as like the, you know, food, so there's a difference. Is. Now, you do have other places in, yeah, the food, absolutely, there's a few other places, few other places in the United States that actually has their own kind of cultural identity when it comes to cuisine and things of that nature, you know. Um, but New Orleans, I think the South Louisiana kind of stands out, right? Okay. And it's very European. It, it, it's very European. It's interesting you should say that. Now taste this cheese. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and what kind of cheese is this again? This is a, uh, a semi-soft goat cheese from Spain. Is it the drunken goat? It's a drunken goat. And that's what the label said, right? Yeah. Um, it's delicious. It's very creamy and um, I love it. I don't know where I put the wrapper. Oh, wrap yeah, and it's immersed in um, in red wine. It was immersed wow. in red wine. Very nice. So, so it's nice. immersed in red and we're drinking white. That's right. Very interesting. But anyway, I do like the... Um, I don't know if I have the vocab to describe the wine, but... Yet. <laughs> Yet. You're so funny. Well, do you think... Well, watch out for the cheese. That Parmesan, Romano. Um, so, do you think that we should talk about why Spain is, like, so much a part of our um, vocabulary right now? Well, it's not, because they won the World Cup. Well, right. Okay, yes. They, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was a long game. Lasted hours, seemed like. Lots of happy Spanish people right now. That's all I know. Well, maybe we can save that for another time. What and our you, discussion yeah, of the. But you can say, why don't you tell. Oh, the basil? Everybody, what's going on okay. in this corner of the kitchen. All right, I'll put, I will put some pictures up on uh, CatholicFoodie.com if you want to check out the show notes for this episode. But let me tell you what's happening in our part of the kitchen. Uh, at my feet, a very unusual, very unusual sight here. At my feet, I have uh, a big pile of grape vines. 
<laughs> we were at uh, my in-laws at Char's parents um, this weekend. And, you know, they, I may have talked in the past. I think I probably have said this several times. You know, my, my mother-in-law has a grapevine. And she has this arbor, which is huge. And they, matter of fact, they've got like these gliders, these swings underneath the grapevine. It's that big. You know, they got two of them there facing each other. Huge thing, wooden structure. And the grapevine, of course, grows over the top of this. And it's, it's, they've had it for several years now. Now, it, it got killed, and uh, virtually, virtually killed one, a, during one, Hurricane Gustav. One, one of the side. main stalks, I guess you'd say, mm-hmm. you know, roots, whatever. One root system. One yeah, root system died. 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 Yeah. So we have one left. But now what happened is the second one just absolutely exploded because there was a huge water oak that fell. That and fell. Basically crushed their entire neighbor, uh, backyard. Right. And right. ruined everything. But it also, now that it's gone, <laughs> it has allowed so much sunlight. Light and so and that, probably not t- taking as oh, much the of the water, yeah. the nutrients oh, yeah. from the it's water too, from, the, from the soil. Yeah. So the vine, I've never so seen it. So the vine is like huge. It's unbelievable. I took pictures. I couldn't believe how huge Gorgeous. this thing it's was. Like awesome. growing through the mint. Oh, it's insane. all over the place. So, so anyway, she said, we were talking about how wonderful it was and we wanted to have a great vine. And she's like, well, take whatever you want. You know, so I picked, first of all, I picked and picked and picked leaves so I can come back home and clean them up and put them in the freezer so we can do grape leaves really soon, right? Yeah. I can do them really. I have your permission. Yes. To do it. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. Well, I'm gonna do that like the next few days. Okay. So, but what I did is before we left, is I grabbed I grabbed these vines and I just started pulling and pulling and pulling. So I pulled and these dragging vines them and these vines are the like yard. ten feet, twelve feet, fifteen feet long. I don't know how long each one is. But I've got several sitting here. They're kind of piled up on the floor. Up. So we've got to do something. We've got to plant them. We've got to plant them in the garden. We've got to plant Look, I was thinking they, they could grow along that chicken wire outside, you know, around yeah. the garden. I, I, don't, I don't know. know. Anyway, okay. we've got to figure something out. But we in also. In addition, the only thing I have in my garden right now, I only have one thing, and that's basil. That's it. I just, right. I quit. And a couple of those. I just quit uh, turning the oven on. A, cu- a couple of those uh, basil plants were top heavy and they killed over. And I went out there today and I picked like a massive amount of basil. Like I picked so much basil. Cups. I don't know if we're gonna if we're gonna have be able to make. I don't know. I don't, so we're not gonna have enough stuff some, to make all we're that some, into um, pesto. But pesto. I'm making pesto with that. We've got garlic. We got walnuts, and uh, of course the olive oil, Romano cheese. Gonna make pesto as much as I can, and then I guess tomorrow I'll just have to go get some more walnuts and cheese and garlic because we're almost out of garlic. Okay. So anyway, uh, tons of tons of that. Now in my mother-in-law's garden, besides the grapevine, you know she didn't have grass. She's got mint. Right. And the mint grows like grass. I mean, literally grows like grass. It's all over the place. It's oh, everywhere. It it's so all over. It's unbelievable. So anyway, we, we, we pick mint typically when we're there. But what we did this time is we took a few of the, what do you call that? Yeah, Stalks, just, we roots. We just, pull, just pulled, pulled it from, from the ground. The root, but, yeah, and, we, and we're going to plant we've that here and try before, to get some But I think some, I'm actually uh, just going to let it take mint. over one of my... Like a Beds. four by four. Just take over. Yeah, just let it take the whole thing over. It, it'll, well, it's so it'll... good. It smells so good. It's unbelievable. My hands, because I've been fooling with the basil all day, my hands smell like... They smell like garlic. Well, then now they smell like garlic. But all day long, I've been smelling like basil. Pretty crazy. Okay, well, let's... So, we never really talked about why Spain. You want to save that for later? Later. All right, well, time I hope eat. you enjoyed... It's time to eat. That's right, time to eat. So, I hope you enjoyed this... Um, little i guess what escapade into our kitchen for for a short while and uh on to the next segment (laughs) well i certainly hope you enjoyed that i tell you what (laughs) you know we never got to talk about spain and we're going to save that for next episode i want char to be here and to speak with us to talk with us about Spain. All I can say is that we are on fire with this whole idea of the Camino of Santiago de Compostela, the way of St. James. We are on fire with this idea. We would love to do it. And not only that, you know, I traveled a lot when I was younger before marriage and children. I lived in Mexico for two years. I went to Italy. I went to Benjigori 
you know, way back when, 1980, oh, goodness, was that 88? I guess it was 88. Goodness gracious, that was a long time ago. I'm old. And let's see, uh, Char lived in Italy for a year. She traveled. She went to Greece. She's been all over, too. You know, we love to travel. We think it's awesome. And we, we've talked, I'm telling you, we've been married almost 12 years, and we have talked over and over again during this time about the possibility of living out of the country. We went to Honduras together about six years ago and had a wonderful time. It was 10, 10 days in Honduras. We were doing a mission trip, uh, helping out down there. And we left our kids at home. First time we'd ever done that for an extended period of time. Uh, overnight, actually. <laughs> First time we did it overnight, we left for 10 days. Crazy. Uh, anyway, we had a wonderful time. Loved traveling. Loved being in the plane together. We like, golly, this is, uh, let's move somewhere. Let's go somewhere. So we've been talking about this for years. And then all of a sudden, after talking to Sandy, if you remember a couple of episodes back, we had Sandy from Spain talking about El Camino de Santiago and talking about the wine, La Flecha Maria. Uh, if you haven't listened to that, I think it's episode 70, oh goodness, 76 or 77. I, I don't have it in front of me. I'm sorry about that. All right, go check that out. You can find it on iTunes, of course, over at catholicfoodie.com too. Um, but ever since then, we have been talking because Sandy made the Camino five times. And it's a life-changing experience. And we want that for ourselves. We also would love to have it for our children. So we've been talking about going, you know, making the Camino, but then... Uh, in addition to that, we we started thinking, well, goodness gracious, I mean, now that I'm working for myself and my my work, literally, it's just the internet. It's it's all online. I can be anywhere in the world and do the work that I'm doing now. I don't have to be in Louisiana now. I'm, I'm so culinarily attached to Louisiana. I can't. I, it's hard to imagine living anywhere else. But because of Jose Andres, the chef, who is from uh, northern Spain, and all the wonderful things he talks about with the, the uh, uh, just the, I don't know, the culinary life, the culture there of northern Spain. You know, I think I can do that for a while. <laughs> I, think, I think for a while I can do that. So we are seriously, seriously now talking about the possibility of moving to Spain for a while. Now think about how this ties in. World Youth Day 2011 is coming up. It's not going to be that that long. It'll be here before you know it. And, you know, with all those pilgrims, all those people from all over the world coming into Spain, into Madrid, for World Youth Day 2011, do you think that perhaps there may be some work that the Catholic foodie that I can do while in Spain, that I could do some sort of work with World Youth Day, then I could probably do some work involving food for World Youth Day. I think so. And I'm exploring that, those opportunities, those possibilities right now. We've been, uh, you know, using that, that famous uh, online search tool. It's called Google. Don't know if you've heard of that, but Google.com. Lots of uh, interesting searches you can do there. We're trying to find uh, opportunities, possibilities of being in Spain for the next year. Of course, I'd continue working in my new venture here, online social media consultant, but also possibly sort of integrating somehow, uh, teaming up with World Youth Day 2011 to do something with food and faith and family fun, all that good stuff we talk about here at the Catholic Foodie. Love to do it. That'd be so awesome. And to live in Spain for maybe a couple of years, you know, two, three years. I don't know. A year? I don't know. But it would be great. And we're fantasizing about this. And the kids are, <laughs> we're at my mother-in-law's the other, the other day. We stayed the night, Saturday, Sunday. And uh, <laughs> they were talking, um, you know, the, my, my kids and my, my in-laws talking about something. I can't remember what it was. And uh, just in the course of conversation, my kids say, oh, yeah, well, we're moving to Spain. <laughs> Char and I were actually, we were out. We had gone to visit someone. And, uh, boy, that must have been a shock to my in-laws. <laughs> we hadn't really mentioned that. We hadn't talked about it. And, of course, it's not for for sure. You know, it's not certain. But uh, we are 
seriously discussing the possibility and kind of researching it to see if it's possible. So, hey, you know what? If you have an idea of how that can be possible, of, of, of how we can make that a reality, and of course, they have internet in Spain, so they'll still be the Catholic foodie. We can still do the show. But if you have any ideas, let me know. Give me a call at 985-635-4974 or give me an email. Send me an email, jeff at catholicfoodie.com. And, of course, you can always put a post or put a comment over on the post here at catholicfoodie.com. I would love to hear from you, especially if you have an idea of how I can get to Spain and live there for a little while. That'd be really awesome. Now, I do want to catch you up a bit here from last episode. If you remember last episode, I announced to you that there was a challenge uh, that was issued by the um, by a listener, a longtime listener, and the challenge was to help me in my transition here from teaching to being a consultant. It was uh, uh, a challenge to assist me in getting to the CNMC this year, the Catholic New Media Celebration, which will be in Boston in August, August 7th. I think that's the date, August 7th. And, um, you know, you have responded. I have gotten some responses, absolutely. And I want to thank everyone who has donated so far. Uh, if you remember, the challenge had to do with, you know, whoever would donate, however much was raised from uh, the listeners, which whatever was given by listeners uh, to this uh, to this effort, that this particular longtime listener would match those funds. So as of right now, we have, uh, in- including the match funds, okay, we have donations, and I'm giving you a total here, which includes the matched funds. Right now, as of as of today, we have $425. $425 has been raised up to this point. And uh, I, I want to thank you so much. Once again, you know, I've made uh, considerable personal investments in the Catholic Foodie and in, um, in, in the technology and the equipment and everything else that I, I put on here. And, um, you know, that's something I do joyfully because I love what the Catholic Foodie is all about. I love uh, sharing this with you. Uh, at the same time, in the in the interim here, while I'm making this transition from teaching to uh, consulting full time, you know, I'm 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 trying to make everything come together. And of course, the CNMC sponsored or co-sponsored by SQPN, uh, the StarQuest Production Network over at SQPN.com. Uh, it, you know, I, I'm an affiliate of SQPN. I think it's very important for me to be there. Now, as an affiliate, I don't receive any financial support from SQPN. I'm a, I'm on my own. You know, each podcast, each affiliate of the SQPN uh, network is on their own. They don't they don't receive any funds from that. Uh, so I am doing what I can, asking you for some assistance to get to the CNMC this year because I think it's that important. I think it's very important for the Catholic foodie to be at the CNMC. Matter of fact. I put out some tweets about who would like to get together for dinner on Saturday night, <laughs> and I've had several people uh, respond to me saying, "Hey, I'd love to have dinner with the Catholic foodie on Saturday night at the CNMC. That'd be fantastic." So, um, I want to ask you once again: if you have not yet contributed, please, whatever you can give, uh, contribute something to help me to get to the CNMC this year. I need a total of six hundred. And seventy dollars. It's not a huge amount, but it 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 helps me out tremendously. Six hundred and seventy dollars, and so far we have four hundred and twenty-five. So we are almost there. We don't need that much more. Uh, so whatever you can contribute, it much much appreciated, uh, and it and it's needed. It is needed. Uh, I just need some assistance here, uh, considering the transition that I'm in, and also the fact that I did recently make some. Uh, uh, some investments into the technology, kind of upgrading things here for the Catholic foodies. So your help, your help, your generosity is very much appreciated. By the way, to uh, make a donation, just go over to catholicfoodie.com, and in the right-hand side of the page, on the right-hand side of the page, you'll see a link that will take you to a, uh, to a, to a PayPal page. Now, you don't have to have an account with PayPal, 
you can use any credit card, and as long as uh, well, you you just there's a, a link there. You just click that link, and it takes you to the um, uh, to the to the to the page where you can put your information in and and say what you know what amount of donation, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, just go to CatholicFoodie.com, right hand side of the page. Uh, there's going to be a donate button there, and uh, you just click on that, and that's that's it. And since I'm sort of promoting stuff here, I want to promote a couple of the things. We've got, first of all, if you haven't taken advantage yet of the the cooking school, the Ruby cooking school uh, opportunity, I mean, you, you've got two weeks, right, 14 days, two-week free trial of this online video cooking school at ruby.com, R-O-U-X-B-E, ruby.com. And if you, what you do is you go there, you need to go to catholic.ruby.com. And, uh, you know, because of the Catholic foodie, we have a little thing set up there with ruby.com. You get a free 14-day trial of their premium service, which is awesome. And I tell you what, you know, as much as I love to cook and as long as I've been cooking, Man, just in a, in a in a couple of days' time, going through some of the stuff on Ruby, I learned so much. It helped me so much in the kitchen. Helped me to save time. It helped me to really cut down on a lot of chopping. I, I realized I was chopping my veggies uh, incorrectly, and I learned the right way, the the proper way to do that. And I'm very much uh, indebted to Ruby.com. So go to Catholic.Ruby.com. It's R-O-U-X-B-E, ruby.com, and you get a free 14-day trial just to try it out. You don't have to sign up for a membership, although they do have a, a curriculum, a course there in uh, chefery <laughs> or, or cooking, and it really does help you uh, tremendously. It's a wonderful, wonderful program. I can't recommend it enough. Uh, but you don't ha- you don't commit to that. If you do a 14-day free trial, there's no you don't have to give them your credit card. You have to do anything like that. You just sign up for this free trial, and you have an opportunity within those 14 days to continue it as a regular member. But you don't have to. Uh, but you can learn so much with that 14-day uh, trial membership. So I encourage you to go over to catholic.ruby.com and uh, and sign up. And you know what? I want to know. What you think about it? I've had several people email me thanking me for setting this up, that they learned so much from this. Uh, so I recommend that you do the same thing, and then also let me know what do you learn. I want to know about it. Nine eight five six three five four nine seven four. You can email me at jeff at catholicfoodie dot com, or just make comments over at catholicfoodie dot com. I can't wait to hear from you. Also. Don't know if you've heard the news, but I have a new podcast out. That's right. In addition to The Catholic Foodie, I am now producing a podcast called In the Middle of Things, in media res, in Latin, in the middle of things. And it's it's a short one. It's about 20 minutes long, and it's more philosophical in nature, talking about my life, talking about how my brain functions, which may be a scary thought for many people. It's kind of scary for me. Uh, and also, also talking about social media. So you may want to check that out, uh, inthemiddleofthings.com. It's also on iTunes, so inthemiddleofthings.com. You can also find me over at jeffyoung.me, and I know it's a lot of self-promotion. I'm sorry about that, but I'm trying to launch a business here, trying to launch a business, so jeffyoung.me. You can find me over there, and I do have a few speaking engagements that are coming up in the very near future. And, uh, you know, if you need a speaker, someone to come and talk to your group, your uh, network, whoever it may be, about social media, about uh, maybe food and faith, uh, using uh, food and cooking to, uh, to, to solidify, to grow your relationship and your family, whatever it may be, you may want to contact me. You can find out more information either at catholicfoodie.com or at jeffyoung.me, or just feel free to contact me directly. I'd be happy to discuss the possibility of speaking at your event with you. And I think that wraps up our episode here, episode 79 of The Catholic Foodie. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that you were here with me, first of all. And secondly, I hope that you enjoyed your venture into our kitchen. 
And I can't wait until next episode. We've got some good things on the menu coming up, including an interview that will happen in a couple of weeks with uh, someone involved with a beat-up beard. Of course, you know, I like beer, so good beer, by the way, good beer. So we'll, uh, we'll have that coming up very soon. I've got a few other things uh, in the hopper that I can't wait to share with you, but it's kind of secret right now. So, uh, but it's coming. So give me a call, 985-635-4974. Let me know what you're thinking. And until next time, bon appetit. SQPN, leading the way in Catholic new media.